Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise in the house once more this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want to say along with my wife how happy we are for our guests that are with us today. Why don't we give our guests a great big hand once more. Thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. Thankful that the Lord woke me up today, gave me another opportunity to be in his house. There is no telling what God is going to do beginning today. Amen. I don't have to wait for next weekend, but God can do it today. Amen. Acts chapter 5, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me or they will put it on the screen. I'll be reading several scriptures this morning as I deliver what I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart. And I actually struggled with the title of my message this morning. And just while they were singing this last song, the clarity of the message came together and I recognized what the Lord is wanting to do today. Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. Don't anybody get nervous because I heard from the Lord way before two minutes ago. Just the clarity of it all came together just a moment ago. Acts chapter 5 and verse number 12. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. Verse 14, and believers, everybody saying believers. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men, let all the men say amen. And women, let all the women say amen. And believers were added to to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. Everybody shout amen. amen. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter's passing might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about under Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one, every one. Last week, I preached the beginning of miracles. And today, I'm going to preach the continuation of miracles. Let's give the Lord praise in the house this morning. Lord, I feel your presence already. I have felt the unction of the Holy Ghost on this message from the beginning of you speaking it into my spirit. I believe right now, Lord, that you are going to do great things in the house. That believers are going to be added to the church this morning. And I give you honor and give you praise. Somebody give him with a sincere heart. Would you just give him a magnitude of praise in the house tonight, today? Just praise him today. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. I magnify you, Lord. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The biblical setting of Acts chapter 5 was at the beginning of the growth of the church. People were not accustomed to miracles and healings. Jesus had done a few miracles in front of the people to cause them to believe. And then he would set them down after he gathered a crowd and he would teach them about his kingdom which was to come. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he speaks back to the disciples and those that are gathered there before his ascension and he tells them, greater things than these shall you do. Now, our text this morning takes us to the point after that Jesus had resurrected and had ascended upon high. The day of Pentecost had already happened where 120 were filled with the infilling of the Holy Ghost and others had come to uh, the disciples and had asked them what they must do to be saved and Peter had already stood up on the day of Pentecost and he had already preached the gospel message and the saving message and had told them that they must repent of their sins. They were to be baptized in the only saving name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he told them there was a promise that was to them and to their children and to all them that are far off, even to this day, and that was that they were to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad it's still for you today? And so the day of Pentecost had happened and now the church had begun and Jesus had ascended upon high. And the widespread revival now was at its beginning and it was time for revival to spread across the world and to take the world by storm. The Bible begins to give us insight into the miracles that were taking place at the hands of the apostles. The scripture said they brought forth them that were sick and they brought them into the streets and they laid them in beds and couches that at least the passing by of the Apostle Peter, that if his shadow might just rest upon them, that they might be healed. And the Scripture said that there came also a multitude out of cities round about Jerusalem, and they brought sick folk, and uh, those that were vexed with unclean spirits were brought to them. And there wasn't just one or two miracles that happened. But there was a multitude of miracles that everyone that came with a need that God was meeting their needs. And there were miracles happening to everyone 
of them. Now, what we need to understand from this text is that there was a divine purpose for everything that was happening in that day. The healings and the other miracles uh, were not just happening to make people uh, that couldn't walk walk and to make people that couldn't see see or to make those that couldn't speak speak or to remove cancer or to, to do uh, some other uh, wonderful miracle just for the sake of a miracle. But the healings and the other miracles were done to cause people to believe. Acts chapter 5 and verse 14. I've already read it in our text today. But it declares, and believers were the more added to the, to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women. They would see the miracle. They would see the healing. They would see the sign and the wonder. And it was not for just some sort of magic sideshow, but it was to cause those that that did not believe to believe. There is a purpose for the miraculous happening before our eyes. It isn't just to make you feel better because you can make heaven with sickness in your body and when you receive a glorified body that sickness is going to be gone. But the reason that you receive your healing in the here and the now is to cause those that did not believe to believe and to cause converts to be added to the church. Now I've wondered why does God use miracles to cause people to believe. It is a thread through the scripture. If you follow the scripture, you're going to see that miracles were used as an object lesson to cause people to have faith and to believe and to trust God. If you ask missionaries, uh, such as Sister Desa Emery's uncle, who has uh, been a long time, lifelong missionary in a Muslim country, if you ask those in the Muslim countries, you must be in a very difficult place, in a very difficult area. And indeed, they will agree, it is among the most difficult areas. Any place that lacks faith in Jesus Christ will struggle to ever be saved. Great outpourings uh, and, and, and great numbers did not happen like they do in the Philippines or in, uh, in Ethiopia or in places where there are great physical needs, great financial needs, much poverty, much sickness, very little medical help. Uh, in those places people believe because miracles have been poured out and when they see the miracle they understand that that is the only hope that they have and when they see that there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ it turns them and causes them to believe and thus there has been thousands, yea tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when you don't know where food is coming coming from and you don't know how your children who are sick are going to get well because there are no doctors and the few that there may be scattered throughout the region you couldn't afford to get them there and have no real way of getting them to the doctor and you have nowhere else to lean on and in desperation you don't just pray for a moment or two and say God touch my child but 
that when they are sick unto death, you will pray until God touches them and a miracle happens. And when a miracle happens in some village, in some back corner of Africa somewhere, and the, all the villagers hear about the miracle power in the name of Jesus because saints came and laid hands on them and prayed over them, faith is increased, people begin to believe, and then more miracles happen. And before long, somebody believes until salvation, and the Lord fills them with the Holy Ghost, and then they lay hands on somebody, and it is duplicated again and again. And before long, widespread spread revival through vast regions of unchurched areas, people begin to believe and are saved. That is what God is beginning to do in North America. Missionaries say that in reaching the Muslim country that it is almost impossible to reach them through uh, just teaching, through uh, ordinary, normal, ordinary means of getting them in a Bible study and teaching them what the Scripture says because they don't have faith in the Word of God. They don't believe the Word of God. They they don't believe in the preacher. They, they don't believe in somebody just because they say they claim to believe that they uh, b- believe Jesus was just another prophet. He was a prophet below uh, Mohammed. But when the missionaries go and begin to fast and pray and their small little band of people begin to come together and the Lord decides it's time to send revival. Let me tell you what every missionary in those countries will tell you. It doesn't come through teaching. It doesn't come through oratory. It doesn't come through a great music program. There is only one thing that will move those people that have no faith and no belief and no trust in the word of God or the preaching of the word of God but it is when divine miracles are sent from God and when miracles happen people step back and say wow what in the world just happened there must be something to it and they begin to believe and when they believe then God fills them with the Holy Ghost and then the spirit of God leads them and guides them into all truth. Miracles are sent to increase, either to establish or to increase your faith. And this we have to understand. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. You can't even please God if you do not have faith. The Bible begins like this. In the beginning God created. If you don't have the faith to believe in God, you're never going to get any deeper into the scripture. The New Testament, the book of John begins, in the beginning was the word. If you do not have faith in the word of God, you'll never have a revelation that was given in the book of John of who Jesus is. And if you don't have a revelation of the word, and you don't have a revelation of creation, and you don't have a revelation of the name of Jesus, you're not going to get much further in your faith but God then comes along and says I will confirm my word with signs following and through miracles he persuades people to believe on him unto salvation (laughs) 
You cannot be saved without faith. The first step of faith is believing. The first act of faith is believing. It takes more than just believing. Believing is the beginning. Believing is the foundation. Faith is the foundation of what God wants to build on in your life. If only if only uh, Noah would have believed when the Lord spoke to him and said, Build an ark. And he went about every time somebody said, What are you doing? And he said, I'm believing. I'm just believing. He was believing. And for the next 120 years, he started putting works with his belief and he started building an ark for the saving of his household and those that would believe the message that he preached for 120 years it turned out to only be his house if I have to preach 120 years only to get my family saved I'm willing to preach 120 years to get my family saved but it takes more than just believing. He had to put some action to that. That's why on the day of Pentecost when the the Holy Ghost was poured out that they came and saw them and Peter stood up and said these men are not drunk as ye suppose seeing it is but the third hour of the day but this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days saith God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and the young men shall see visions and the old men shall dream dreams and upon my servants and upon my handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit they saw that and they were moved in their heart and they said what shall we do to be saved Peter stood up and looked at them and he said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and there were believers about 3,000 added to the church without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God Hebrews 6 11 and 6 He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are there any believers in the house today? In order to believe, in order to have faith unto salvation, our eyes must be open. Not physical eyes. I'm not talking about physical eyes. I trust you have vision of some sort today. Some of us better than others. But beyond our physical eyes, there must be an opening of the eyes of faith to recognize what God is doing, who God is, and what God is wanting to do in our life. I asked God in prayer last night in the wee hours of the morning in prayer. I said, God, I am asking you to increase somebody's faith in the house today and open somebody's spiritual eyes today so that they can begin to believe what they've never been able to believe for before. And the Lord assured me that eyes were going to be open in the house today. I am believing that there is going to be spiritual eyes begin to open this morning. And people who have struggled to believe are going to begin to believe God for things that before today they were unable to believe God for. But faith is going to elevate in the house. And spiritual eyes are going to be open. And people are going to believe unto salvation. 
Now, we rejoice in the miracles that God did last week. The fame of the miracle of Sister Robin Mulberg being raised from the dead is, is not localized, but it is spreading around the world. It is being preached about in many pulpits around the world today. I have been contacted this week by missionaries from overseas, by people in other states saying, I've got to hear from you. I need to hear it from your words. Tell me, I read the article that you wrote. I want to hear more of the details I am feeling. Are you okay with me preaching about this? I don't want to preach about it if you're not sure that God, you know, don't, don't, don't tell me. She's going to die next week because I said, listen, I'm telling you she is. I told somebody yesterday, she is in her home today, discharged from the hospital, recovering. The only recovery that she is having to go through is regaining her strength because of the compressions in her ribs that is hurting and a punctured lung from the compressions that was, that, that was done on her. Other than that, she is well and whole. We ought to thank the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I I was talking to someone on the phone this week and they said, man, I'm telling you we're going to see more of it. I can't wait till I see it. I said, hold on. I said that too. I said, God, I believe you're going to raise the dead, but I was not prepared to be the one called to lay hands on somebody who life was being taken out of them and to look death in the face. I was not prepared. I said, I could live the rest of my life. I have seen, I have a testimony. You you got to... You're never going to persuade me of anything else. I have seen deaf ears open two times in my ministry, in my life. Once when I was a child and one, once a few months ago near Chicago, Illinois, in Addison, Illinois. As a matter of fact, and our choir was there and many of you witnessed And I followed up with Brother Labatt and he followed up with the pastor where the little girl had come from. And the pastor said that her ears have been opened and her hearing has never gone backwards. But she has continued to hear. Deaf ears unstopped. When I was a young a young person, when I was a child, I was in a revival service with when a man that never had spoken spoke for the first time and the place erupted into praise. Can I tell you that last week there was a man that is sitting in this room today, Brother Anderson, stood right over here after a stroke took his ability to be able to speak, but he spoke in other tongues out loud as the Spirit of God gave the utterance.
Hallelujah. I, I can live without ever having to look at the panic on the face of a husband and a daughter and a mother and a father who felt helpless as I felt, not knowing what the future held, and a congregation that was desperate after preaching a, a message on the beginning of miracles and someone falls with death gripping them. But there is something that I learned last Sunday. The grip of death is no match for the breath of God. No match. I didn't come this morning to preach a sensational message that just stirs emotion. But I have come this morning to tell you that I am a believer. You've come too late to persuade me that whatever problem you walked into this building with, that you can walk out with your answer. Death was defied last week. Cancer was defied last week. Broken limbs were put back together last week. You come too late to tell me that he is not a miracle worker. You come too late to persuade me I am a believer. I have faith to believe that God can do anything. Shout, I'm a believer. Let me try to preach. I've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. There are some things in the spirit that goes against carnal thinking. What I'm saying to you is this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, But the natural man cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto them. Neither can he know them. There are some things that happened this week that I will not even share with you because there are, there are too many people that are carnally minded and would not even believe some of the things that have come and that have happened this week. But for those who are spiritually minded, it will not be any thing that shocks you because you are walking in faith and you expect it to happen and when that kind of anticipation when when you can get your eyes focused in the spirit realm and if some of you would get your eyes focused in the spirit realm today and begin to see through eyes of faith and begin to look past your present situation and your present circumstance and allow faith to arise in your heart you could receive a miracle in your life today you could believe unto salvation today there could be some things turned around in 
your life. But it will only come when you enter into a realm of faith. If you are a doubter, I know what you're already saying. And I've dealt with that spirit all week. Ah, there's nothing to that. There's just a bunch of hype going on because it's this time of the year. Oh, ye of little faith. If somebody being raised from the dead doesn't light you on fire, you better go back and say, God, you need to you need to work me over and increase my faith to believe. Is there anybody in the house that has the faith to see your situation resolved in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are there any believers in the house today that believes God can do anything? God can do anything. God can do anything. I still feel pain in my body. God can do anything. I still feel sickness. God can do anything. My bank account is still empty. God can do anything. The new building is not yet built. God can do anything. Come on, can you see your health doing better? Can you see your family doing better? Can you see your finances doing better? God's able to do anything. He didn't just perform a miracle in this house last week and all throughout this week just to make us feel good, get happy, and want to dance. But he's trying to increase your faith to believe that he can do anything and for some to believe unto salvation. Let me try to preach this week may be well defined as the week of miracles. But this is the beginning of miracles. Because in a month from now, we're going to look back and say, we thought it was a week of miracles, but it's a month of miracles. Because we've entered into a new realm. We've entered into a new dimension. We've moved into a new place that we have never walked before. It is, the, it is a place of demonstration where the power of the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out in masses. And people are going to be moved and saved because faith is increased. For those of you that's been in prayer, you've heard this a dozen times. You're going to hear it again. For the rest of you that may be hearing it the first time, on Monday, after Sister Robin was raised from the dead, on Sunday, on Monday, I received a text message from Brother Jason Embry, and he said, I have felt better today than I have felt in over a year. And beyond that, God is restoring my joy that the devil has taken from me. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Sister Brenda Campbell came almost dancing into my office, high-fiving people. And she said, my sister had, had went into surgery. The doctor removed the lump. And when he removed the lump, it looks like everything is going to be fine. There is no more cancer. God has touched her. God has healed her. 
on Tuesday, Brother Jerry Hanna Jr. sent me a text and said, Pastor, I don't want to steal any of my sister's glory and joy or, or thunder, I think is the word that he used. He said, but I haven't had pain medicine for my back in two days. No pain in my back. God has touched me. I am doing better than I have done in a long time. Let me try to explain some things to you. CLC has been in a season of confirmation for the last two or three years. This was identified by several evangelists that came through and said, Pastor, I hope you see this, but the CLC is walking in a dimension of confirmation where God is confirming His Word, but not confirming it one time. The Scripture, all He says is, is that He would confirm His Word with signs following. And the reason is, is because there's always people, even people who, who, are, or who have been born again, that reach a point of low faith. And so when you get up and say anything, they do not believe you. They kind of have the Missouri mentality. Well, they brag about it. The show me state. Oh, you said it, preacher. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I had somebody look at me a few months ago and said, just because you beat your drum doesn't mean I'm going to dance. Being interpreted, I don't believe you. I don't have faith in you. I don't believe the words. Don't get nervous. It wasn't here. I don't have faith in what you're telling me. I don't believe what you're telling me. And so the Lord says, I will confirm my words with signs following. Because there's going to be people who are going to be of a nature that def- tries to defy faith. Every time God does something, they want to go to the medical books and figure out how it was that God worked it out. Every time God does it, they want to go figure out, well, it, it couldn't be that God sent a miracle to me. It couldn't be that God just worked it out for me. There's got to be some explanation. Let me go to math. Let me go to science. Let me go to engineering. Let me figure it out. Let me work it out in through biology. Let me figure it out in chemistry. Let me find a way of believing. But faith says it doesn't really matter how he did it. All I know, I once was blind, but now I see. All I know is there was a dead woman laying on the floor right here on Sunday but today she's alive in her home getting the strength to be back in the house of God all I know is there was a man with back pain for the last several months that is standing in the middle of this congregation lifting his hands and worshiping because somebody touched God with faith so the church has been in a season of confirmation Give me some liberty to preach for a while today. We have been in a season of confirmation for years, several years here, that God's not just confirming His Word, but He's confirming His Word two or three times. And evangelists have come through and they said, there's a confirmation, here's a confirmation, here's a confirmation. Over and over again, we watch the parallel of one, two, three. And Brother, brother uh, Heron spoke to me and he said, if God does it once, it's just a fluke. If it's the second time, then it's a coincidence. But when it's the third time, it is a pattern. And so God is using the three confirmations over and over again to develop faith in people who do not believe. He said, do not go around bragging about your church being in a season of confirmation where 
God is confirming his word two and three times after you preach. He said, this is a clear sign to you, pastor. This is the job of an evangelist to speak to a pastor behind closed doors. He said, this is a, a, this is a word to you, pastor, that there are a lot of people in your congregation that lack faith to believe when you stand up and preach it that it's going to happen. There are many that do, but there are some that do not. And so God confirms his word to cause some to believe. Some are so stubborn, they don't believe when God confirms his word. So he does it two times and three times to try to cause them to elevate to faith to where they're like, well, okay, now I guess I'm going to believe it. And then God turns around the next time and it's over again. And so one, two, three confirmation, God does it. God is trying to elevate this church to a place that you have never been before. He is trying to cause people who have lacked faith to increase their faith. This week has been one example. He hasn't just created a magic sideshow down at CLC at 850 Delphi Avenue, but God has performed miracles, signs, and wonders to cause people's faith to be increased to say God can do anything. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Are there any believers in the house? God is trying to increase somebody's faith today and these signs shall follow them that believe. Are there any believers in the house? Then miracles, signs, and wonders ought to follow. I know you get uncomfortable when I ask you to do this, but I want you to turn to two people, one on each side of you, unless you're sitting on an aisle, and I want you to ask them, are you a believer? Go ahead, don't smirk, look at them, ask them, are you a believer? Demand an answer from them. Go ahead and answer them now. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Are you a believer? The disciples that I preached about last week witnessed a miracle. Be seated just for a moment. The disciples that I preached about last week never witnessed a miracle in their life. Yet they followed Jesus, but they had not witnessed a miracle. I preached about it last Sunday morning. Don't anybody prepare to die yet. The first miracle that they ever witnessed was when they ran out of wine at the wedding at Cana of Galilee. Jesus looks at them. Mary says, fill the water pots. Mary says, do what he says, do. Jesus says, fill the water pots. Scripture said they filled them to the brim. They had faith. Filled them to the brim. I told you last week, now take them to the governor of the celebration of the wedding. Take it to the man in charge of the wedding. And when they went there, he was confused and even began to look at them. And most scholars believe that his response to them was not a compliment, but rather a reprimand. You have saved the best to last. You should have served the best first. They took their whipping. They turned around and looked at each other as they were walking away. They get outside the door. Did you just see what happened? That was water I put in the pot and wine came out. And the scripture said, and the disciples believed. 
Because the people drinking the wine didn't even know that it was a miracle. They just thought they saved the best to the last. The governor of the priest and the man in charge didn't even know it was a miracle. But the disciples knew it was a miracle. The reason that I am such a believer this morning is because some of you are still sitting back with arms folded. But I laid my hands on a dead woman and I said life come back to her. And it did not happen when I first spoke it. Nor when I spoke it the second time. But somewhere between death and a hospital room... God said, I hear the cry of my people. Life, come back. So, and I'm trying to finish this. So, got to be seated. I can't preach where you're standing. I can't see all those seated in the back. Everybody's got to stand. Or, or. So Jesus is gone. And the disciples, they're in the streets preaching. They haven't even gone and established churches in Philadelphia yet. And in Antioch. There's just believers right on the streets of Jerusalem. They're coming from every, from the four corners of their earth. And they're coming to the epicenter of where revival is. Ain't nobody hearing me right now. They had regional revival happening. They came from the cities round about because they heard about the miracles. Because they heard about the miracles and they came from the regions round about. And the Bible said all of them that were healed. But verse 14 says, and believers were the more added to the church. Multitudes, everybody say multitudes. Multitudes, both of men and women. So all these miracles are happening. And I can see one of, the, one of the apostles getting up saying, are there any believers in the house? And it sounds like CLC on this Sunday morning after it's been a week of miracles. And our mind has been blown. I've, I've been, my, I was born with my dad a pastor. I, was, I, I grew up under a church pew. I've been in church more than I've been in any other place in my life, maybe than my bed, I don't know, and the dinner table except for the last four or five weeks. <laughs> but I've never seen miracles on the level that we have seen this week. Never. Never. And all week the Lord has just been, believers, believers added, believers added, believers added. So what are we going to do with what God has done? We are going to begin to believe God that believers are going to be added. There are some in this house this morning that's been listening to this preacher preach. I am trying to persuade you to be a believer. Now I ask you one more time, are there any believers in the house? If you are a believer, why don't you get up on your feet and let the Lord know, I am a believer.
All right, I got another question to ask. So you got to be seated again. You're getting a workout this morning. I am too. Woo! So I preached the whole message to get to this question. I've asked you several times if you're a believer. But I really came to ask this question this morning. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Holy Ghost, I haven't heard where there be any Holy Ghost. I came this morning to tell you that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was pouring out. And it's for you. And it's for your children. And it's for their children too. And it's to as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's more than just a feel-good miracle. It's more than just a feel-better miracle. It's more than just a wow miracle. It's more than just a woe moment. But it is the Holy Ghost. Christ in you your hope of glory he has come to save you today are there anybody in the house that is a believer that the Holy Ghost can be poured out in this house this morning come on give him high praise give him high praise in the house today Give me about five more minutes or 10 or 15. I got to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. I haven't preached this message this morning just for us to jump and to get people pumped up and to get people excited, but I have done my best to increase faith in the house. There is a reason that I'm in. I am increasing faith in the house through the preached word of God because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you cannot be saved without the word of God being preached to you. I am preaching the word of God to you today. I'm not in some book. This is not a leadership book. This is not some, this is not some history book. But I am preaching the unadulterated word of God to you and telling you the way of salvation. If you will repent of your sins this morning, if you will ask the Lord to forgive you, he is faithful and just to forgive you. The, the, the Super Bowl, <laughs> the baptismal tank is ready. We have robes. We will baptize you according to Acts chapter 2 in the name and the only saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will come up out of that water and you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. That is the only method of salvation that you will ever find in the Word of God. I don't care who tells you something different. It is not in the Word of God. It is not in this book. There is one Lord. Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one God, one Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. There is only one plan of salvation. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't wait another moment. If you have never repented of your sins, don't wait another moment. If you're be seated just for a moment, I want to speak very seriously. If you're in the house today and you have known the Lord and maybe you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but your fire has grown, gone out or grown dim, don't leave here today without that fire rekindled and burning. About this time last week, 
in the middle of altar service, I saw a healthy young lady worshiping and praising God one minute. And the next minute, life was taken from her. God, through his mercy, reached down and spoke breath back into her. I wish I could promise you a bright future, but I, it doesn't matter how old you are, how healthy you appear to be. I can't promise you that you're going to make it home today, but I can promise you that the miracles that we have seen this week is for a purpose because God is trying to cause you to believe unto salvation. And if your fire has gone has gone dim and you have grown weary of the journey or if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to receive the Holy Ghost today. You need to come to this altar today. Repent of your sins. If you're not where you need to be in the Lord, you need to get to the front of this building if I were you I would run to the front of this building and I would say God forgive me let me get back where I need to be because it could be in a moment it could be in a second it could be on a drive home I don't know I can't speak it I pray protection over you but there is there is a time that is appointed to every man If you're not prayed up, I wouldn't leave this place until you've made everything right with God. Last week's miracles was not just some circus show. But God is reaching for somebody in this house today. God is trying to prove himself to somebody that is struggling with the faith to believe that this thing is real. I am a believer. I have repented of my sins. I have been baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ, and I have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the only way I can find in the Bible where they were ever saved. I find a lot of history books showing me where there is uh, many other plans that men have come up with and said this is how you're saved, but I don't find it in the Word of God. I have preached to you what the Bible says you need to do. If you will believe this morning with me, God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He will remit and remove your sins. You can be on your way to heaven today, and should the Lord choose to call you home, you will be ready. The church doors stand open today. Everybody in the building standing with me. Please, nobody moving around the building this morning. Let's take a moment of reverence to what the Lord is wanting to do in the house. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed throughout the building. Pastor, I hear what you're preaching. And I know someday I'm going to get right. Someday I'm going to get ready. But right now I'm going to do my own thing. I normally don't preach like this on Sunday morning, but I haven't ever seen anybody die right in front of me. So I've got to remind you this morning that you may not have a tomorrow. Luke chapter 13 and verse 25 says, And once when the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. He will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Then you will begin to say, I've been to church. 
We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know who or why, but the Lord knocked me off of my feet with this message in the early part of this week. I have not been able to get away from it. I asked God to let me go a different direction. But the greatest miracle that God has ever performed, He's going to perform this morning in you. If you will, if you will do what I have told you to do, and if you will repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name, He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And that is the greatest miracle that has ever been given, the gift of salvation. The continuation of miracles can happen in your life today. Nobody's looking around. You're not going to feel awkward by doing this. Step out in the aisle where you are. If you are not ready to, to meet the Lord, whether you are, are this is your first time here or maybe you've been here but you're, you're not where you need to be with the Lord and you're not sure that you're sure that you would make heaven if he came today, you need to fill up these altars right now. I plead with you this morning. God has performed miracles before your eyes to prove himself to you that he may increase your faith that you would believe unto salvation. These altars are open this morning. I ask you, I beg you, I implore you. I call to you this morning. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's going to, going to look awkward at you. As a matter of fact, we're going to rejoice with you this morning. I pause just for a moment because God is speaking to your heart today. Oh, I don't know if I can walk away from my friends and what are they going to say. You're not going to care what they say when you're standing before the Lord and they're not standing there to answer for you. You need to step out from where you are today and you need to get to the front of this room and you need to make things right with God today and declare to Him, God, I must be saved. It doesn't matter what anybody else does or says or thinks. Above everything else, I've got to be saved this very day, this very moment. Don't put it off. Don't wait till another day. Don't wait for another moment. Do it today. Do it today. Do it today. God is speaking to hearts all over this building. Why don't you take your friend by the hand and lead them to the front of this room? You know you want to come. You know you want to be here this morning. Don't let the enemy fight against you. God's been too good to you. He woke you up this morning. He put breath into your life. He gave you the mercy to be here today. Come on, let's respond to what God is doing. There's still room for more. Altar workers, help me this morning. Altar workers, seek out somebody that's seeking the Lord this, this morning with a sincere heart. There is going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost fall in this house. This is the continuation of miracles. Souls are going to be saved today. The breath of the Holy Ghost is going to speak new life into your spirit today. Yes, 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 yes.
Come on, this is serious business. This is not just life and death in the here and now. This is eternity. This is eternity. Eternity is at stake. Eternity is at stake. Come on, if I were you, I would be seeking God with all of my heart. If I were you, I would be seeking God with everything I have within me. The breath of the Holy Ghost is going to sweep in this house in the next few minutes. The greatest miracle that has ever happened is going to sweep into your life in a few minutes. Prepare your heart. God, if there is any wicked way in me, let it be gone. Forgive me, Lord, of any wicked thing in my life. I repent of every thought, every deed, every word, every action. I repent of every attitude, every spirit that is not like you. Prepare my heart to receive the miracle that you have for me today. arise. See him forgiving you. See it through an eye of faith. I see my sins being forgiven. I see him washing my sins. I see I see him forgiving me. I see him removing my sins from me. I receive I see him taking my sins and casting them as far as the east is from the west. I see the work that he is doing in my life. be saved. I must not be lost. I've got to be saved. God is speaking to your heart today. You better listen to Him. You better respond to Him. Let Him do it. Let Him do it. Let Him do it. Let Him do it. close to being done. God is not close to being done. Come on, we're going to press our way through this morning. Altar workers, get ready to release faith in this house. The gift of faith is going to be at work here in just a moment. The gift of faith is going to be at work in just a moment. Yes!
there's one already getting ready to be baptized. There's one already going to be prepared for baptism. The waters are going to be troubled here in just a moment. There's several already getting their breakthrough. The Holy Ghost has already fallen on people. There's restoration and renewal already happening in the house. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Yes. It's now. It's now. It's now. It's now. It's now. Yes. God's doing it. God's doing it. God is doing it. God is doing it. God is doing it. God is doing it. That's the Holy Ghost on you. That is the Holy Ghost on you. That is the Holy Ghost on you. Yes. That is the Holy Ghost on you. That is the Holy Ghost on you. 